I think where we're going to go is going to be a lot in, in that home gym direction, as opposed to like boutique fitness. Um, so it was really, really important to get home gym right. And the one thing I've tried to think about for myself, I don't like to train with one piece of equipment. I like to be able to, you know, get some barbell working because I can go heavier on that, right? I'm just not going to be able to deadlift as heavy with, you know, um, kettlebells or dumbbells. I am going to, you know, so I want to make sure the barbell is part of my training. I want to make sure I have kettlebells because I can flow with those in ways I can't do other things. Um, so I've, I've tried to like make sure that I'm not training with one modality, but if I had to, if I had to choose one thing, it would probably be dumbbells because I can, a good pair of adjustable dumbbells. Hi, I'm Pete McCall and welcome to this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. That voice you just heard in the beginning is the guest for this episode, Mr. Ebenezer Samuel. Before I get into the full introduction for Ebenezer, I want to say a big thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the All About Fitness Podcast. If you find that you enjoy the All About Fitness Podcast and you like what you hear here, please feel free to share it with your friends, share it with your colleagues, share it with your network. Nothing, nothing warms my heart more than when somebody tags me on a social media post where they're promoting one of the episodes of All About Fitness. So I mean, if you like what you hear, Please, however you want to share it, feel free to share it. I really, I'm putting this information out there because I want us all to learn how to use exercise and fitness to enhance our quality of life. And that's one of the fun things about this episode is this was a fun episode to record. And, and I mean it. I've been a big fan of the magazine Men's Health for a long time. I subscribe to it. I've been a subscriber for a number of years because in my opinion, they put out good information. They really, they do a great job of getting fitness experts from all over the fitness industry, not just bodybuilders, but they talk to a lot of performance coaches. They talk to people who work with celebrities. They talk to people who work with athletes. They always feature, one of my favorite things about the magazine is they always feature individual men who have lost a tremendous amount of weight. They show what they've done and how they've done it. So for this episode, as we kick off 2021, I wanted to get the fitness director for the magazine Mr. Ebenezer Samuel, to join me on the podcast to talk about how the magazine approaches fitness. I asked him a little bit about how he got started, how he became the fitness director for Men's Health. I think it's a very interesting story. We talk about how he stayed in shape during the pandemic and during the era of training from home or working out at home. And we both have a nice, we have a nice little dialogue about what the future of fitness holds in store. If you appreciate the All About Fitness podcast, there are a couple ways you can support it. One is by picking up a copy of my book, Smarter Workouts. In Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple, I go through the science of how to design your own exercise programs. I've been educating personal trainers for more than 15 years, and in Smarter Workouts, I teach you what you need to know to be able to design strength training, metabolic conditioning, and mobility programs. You can find a link down below in the show notes. If you don't want to pick up a copy of the book, the other thing you can do to support the podcast is go to my website, PeteMcCallFitness.com. On PeteMcCallFitness.com, I try to post a couple blogs a month. I send one or two emails out a month. I include information on how to use exercise to achieve the goal of enhancing your quality of life. I have exercise how-tos. I have things that you should know about how your body adapts to exercise. And if you go to my website, you can sign up for my mailing list. And I will send you a chapter from my book, Smarter Workouts. That way you can try it before you buy it. 
So those are two ways you can support the podcast. Pick up a copy of Smarter Workouts or go to my website and sign up for my mailing list. I promise not to spam your email box, but I put out good, relevant content that you can use. So with that out of the way, let's get into it. This is a fun, this is a fascinating dialogue with the fitness director for Men's Health Magazine, Mr. Ebenezer Samuel. Today on the All About Fitness podcast, it is an honor to be speaking with Ebenezer Samuel, the fitness director for Men's Health Magazine. How are you doing today, Ebenezer? Uh, long day, you know, <laughs> but uh, hanging in there. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how I'm, it's almost the end of 2020. So I'm just happy about that. It can't get much crazier. Well, and that's the thing. That's what I keep looking forward to is putting it in the rear view behind us. Now, you're based in New York City, correct? Is that is that where you work out of? Yeah, I work um, oh, well, very close to New York City. So I'm a little bit um, upstate from there. I'm up in Westchester, about a half hour from New York City, close enough, but actually far enough removed that throughout kind of what's been a really strange 2020, I haven't had to go into Manhattan very often. It's kind of been nice to you know, see some of the things from afar, still be close enough to get down there, but at the same time, have my own space and be able to get my own training done. And that's, and that's the thing. It's been years since I've been to Westchester, but it is, you're right. It's, it's not far away at all, but it's like a world away. I mean, it's, you're, you're distance, distance wise, it's close, but it's almost like a world away. So how have you been staying in shape? Cause I know New York has been very restrictive about fitness centers. And I know there's a lot of stuff going on about that, but how have you been staying in shape during, during the pandemic of 2020? Well, so it's interesting. So we have um, probably like, so I've been men's health fitness director for, I want to say three, three and a half years. Um, and when I started, so I, I obviously do, I do a lot of training just kind of on my own anyway. And I always have. Um, but when I started there, I actually kind of started just accumulating random gym stuff. When we moved to our new house, probably about two years ago, I started accumulating just random gear that stuff, like I kind of figured I was preparing for some kind of zombie apocalypse. Or something. <laughs> you know, I had like a barbell. Um, I had some, you know, I had a couple 45 pound plates and stuff like that. Just the basics. I had like a really random assortment of kettlebells, like, um, like really weird numbers just all over the place. Um, and then when the pandemic hit, we have a garage. So all that stuff had just been thrown around in the garage. But um, when all the gym shut down around March, I pretty much decided um, it's time for me to, I started training with the stuff I had. And I was like, you know what, this is kind of fun. It's a, it's a lot easier to go instead of driving 20 minutes to my gym. It's a lot easier to just go out to my garage and get a workout. And so I gradually have kind of um, built um I pretty much transplanted all the stuff that I really liked about gyms, um, all the equipment that I really relied upon for a workout. It was like, okay, so I want to do cable flies. I need a cable machine. So let's find a way to get a cable machine into my garage. Um, you know, I want to do, I haven't had a chance to do incline presses because, um, or my, because I only have a flat bench. So I need to upgrade the bench. Um, I need a rack so I can do squats. So I need to get some kind of wall rack. So I've gradually built a home gym. Now I have pretty much everything I need. So um, when this is done, I'm probably not going back to the gym. <laughs> well, it's funny because that was, I just wrote uh, the list of trends for, for 2021 for the American Council on Exercise. And one, I think number three or four that I put on there was garage gyms because that's exactly, I mean, I can go walk around my neighborhood here in Carlsbad and half the garages, if they're open, they have bikes in there, they have all kinds of equipment. And what's been your, during this, has there been one piece of go-to fitness equipment? I mean, seeing as how you probably get to see a, a whole bunch of different fitness equipment that a lot of normal consumers don't, has there been one piece that you've gravitated towards? Um, I, I definitely don't. I, I definitely, one of the things that I really want to do, first of all, I'll second your garage gym thing. Cause I, it's, we actually, for our Jan Feb issue of men's health, 
every year we do what's called the Home Gym Awards. Um, and, you know, we, we always take them pretty seriously, but and something I oversee. But this year, I really made a point to take it extra seriously, because I think where we're going to go from here in the future, just I think where we're going to go is going to be a lot in, in that home gym direction, as opposed to like boutique fitness. Um, so it was really, really important to get home gym right. And the one thing I've tried to think about for myself, I don't like to train with one piece of equipment. I like to be able to, you know, get some barbell working because I can go heavier on that, right? I'm just not going to be able to deadlift as heavy with, you know, um, kettlebells or dumbbells. I am going to, you know, so I want to make sure the barbell is part of my training. I want to make sure I have kettlebells because I can flow with those in ways I can't do other things. Um, so I've, I've tried to like make sure that I'm not training with one modality, but if I had to, if I had to choose one thing, it would probably be dumbbells because I can a good pair of adjustable dumbbells and the pair that I think is the best out there is um power blocks just because they're super durable like I can I need something I can drop in my garage when I'm doing like you know when I'm doing like a heavy press if I lose control I need something I can comfortably drop that's not going to break like the adjustable nest of the dumbbell um the power blocks do that they go heavy they can be a little bit lighter the shape's a little weird because they're they're square so they don't you know just the I feel like just they don't curl as well as some dumbbells, but I'd probably say if I had to choose one thing, it would be a dumbbell. That said, don't make me choose. <laughs> but that's the thing, right? Is people always want want to kind of get that input from from us as as people who work and kind of live in the fitness space. And there is to your point, there is no right piece of equipment. And I like the way you said that because my fear, Eb, and maybe is it okay if I call you Eb for short? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so my fear is that a lot of people, both in gyms and at home, get stuck on like one piece of equipment or one routine. You know, I can talk to guys that maybe I played was was on a college football team with twenty something years ago, a long time ago, and they might still be doing some version of the same routine. How important from from your from your work as a journalist, and I want to talk about it in a second. How important do you think it is that we change up our workout programs on a regular basis? It's interesting because I think. Um... It's, I, I almost feel like, I almost feel like, I think there's, there's a very tricky balance and it's something that, um, that everybody needs to find. I think it's important to have different kinds of pieces and elements in your workout. Right. Um, and yet don't keep doing that same, that same workout you were doing in high school because your body's changing and you're older and it's just not going to work. Um, but I almost think sometimes that I think it's important to kind of you want to make sure you keep a couple staple motions in there. You know, I think you want a horizontal pull, you want a horizontal push, you want, you know, you want like a hinge and you, you know, the basic stuff that we know, you want to make sure those ideas are present, but it's so important to kind of change up like how you're doing it, the positions you're doing it from the tempos, um, the equipment, because, or else one, it gets stale. Um, and two, um, I think our bodies just get, our bodies get used to moving at one tempo and we lose it's, I think the whole user loser proposition of fitness is super important. Um, and it, it's important, you know, if, if we're always working slow eccentric, so we're always working that same tempo every time we're not being explosive or we're not, um, we're not accelerating our bodies and we're going to lose that ability. So it's so important to mix it up, but it's a tricky balance. Cause I think Instagram fitness can get a little bit crazy sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and I think Instagram fitness leads um, leads us to think that we need this ridiculous amount of variability in our workout and every workout needs to be different. And it leads us away from like the fundamentals of like, you know, you need to do a push up 
Um, you need to have a squat in there. You need to have a deadlift and it leads us to think crazy. So I think, um, I think you want to keep the staple movements in there. Um, and then find a little bit of variability, like once or twice a week, do something different, take like a yoga class or, you know, take like a spin class or just something that's going to make your body feel different just to keep things exciting. And just to kind of make sure that your body is moving at different tempos and in different ways than it's used to every week. Nancy, I think that's so important. I think that's a, a great way to look at it. Um, I know my, my goal for 2020 personally was to start doing more yoga, partly because uh, for the social aspect, I'm uh, relatively recently divorced. And so knowing that, you know, yoga is probably a great place to just uh, meet new friends in a real life social network, but also because of the importance and, and, and I've done the heavy lifting stuff. And now in my late forties, I'm trying to work more on the flexibility and mobility. Now to ask you a quick background, a quick question about your background, you, you, you studied journalism. How'd you end up being working with men's health? I mean, was it your goal to become a fitness writer or have you always kind of been a, a fitness consumer junkie? And it just kind of happened. I mean, how did that, how did that journey happen? It's, it's interesting. Cause, uh, yeah, so it's, so I grew up on, on, I grew up on sports. I grew up on kind of, I think I remember being in like a library. Remember those things where we could like all like be in the same place. <laughs> and not have to books. Um, but I grew, I, I remember being in the library and I think it was like, it was like an old like bodybuilding magazine with like Arnold or something like that in there. I would grew up on superheroes, you know, and I was like, oh, well, so that's like a real life superhero, you know, that's how they're supposed to be. So I grew up on this whole, on like kind of fitness. I did gymnastics when I was younger and stuff like that. And I was always involved in it. Um, but I grew up in Jersey and I kind of, it's like, you're kind of led to believe a little bit if you don't know, and you're just a kid that, um, the idea of a fitness writer was the farthest thing from my mind. The idea of a trainer was the farthest thing from my mind. Now I'm, I'm CSTS certified, obviously run, um, you know, men's health, but I had no idea that those careers existed. The only careers I thought could be in fitness are superhero. But <laughs> if you jump off a roof, bad things happen. Um, and athlete, right. Um, and I wasn't, you know, tremendous at sports. It took a while to grow into my body. So, um, I was like, if I can't do either of those things, I'm a fairly good writer. I was always really good at English when I was kind of growing up. Um, so what about if I just write about athletes? Cause I can't write about superheroes cause they don't exist. Um, so I kind of pursued um, journalism as a, a way to kind of get close to fitness and get close to athleticism and get close to, um, to sports. Cause that to me was as close as I could get to superheroes. Um, and I wasn't going to be one. I wasn't going to be an athlete. Right. Um, as I went on in there, you know, I was always kind of, I think I, I, I covered like, I wrote for the New York daily news for a while. And I think I covered the giants. I covered the Knicks. Um, and a lot of my stories, I always found myself gravitating to things that were kind of about like the science of fitness, um, about just the science of the body. I remember one of my favorite stories I wrote, I think the first year I covered the giants was 2011. And they had like, I want to say it was pretty crazy. They had something like 10, eight or 10 ACL tears and like three players had retorn their ACLs that year. Wow. Um, and so that was a story like I wound up, I wound up doing, and I wound up talking to a lot of trainers, a lot of physical therapists. Um, I talked to, I torn my ACL in college. So I talked to my doctor about that. Um, and, you know, it was just, it was like, it was, it kind of opened up this whole world of, oh, wow, maybe there's, you know, something I can, there's something I can kind of pursue here. Um, I didn't think too much about it. Um, and then I, but then I started, you know, at some point, a couple of years later, I started thinking, you know, there are these fitness magazines that I grew up reading. Why can't I get involved in one of those? 
um, men's health actually had a, a fitness editor position. I talked to a couple of people at muscle and fitness, um, men's health had a fitness editor position open up. Um, and I applied for it. Um, it was a little bit out of my, a little bit out of, again, my, my background, but then again, it wasn't because the whole time when I was covering stuff, um, at the newspaper, um, the thing I was most interested in, in the locker room was always fitness. And I was always, I was the guy when you're on road trips in sports, when you kind of cover the NFL, um, every weekend you're in a different town, right? And all the other beat writers, they get into their, the town on Saturday, all the other guys who cover the Giants get into that town, um, and they got, go out to dinner, right? And I was the guy who was making sure I found my Gold's Gym or I found somewhere where I could get a workout in, right? So um, I was always training, always interested in it. I was training people already. Um, so I was like, well, let me kind of throw my hat in the ring for this position. I was lucky enough to get hired and pretty much the rest is um, history. So it's kind of a circuitous route to something I honestly didn't know existed when I was 10, year old, 10 years old and I was writing down like my career goals in third grade. Well, that, that's right. I mean, you know, when I went to school, I graduated high school in 1990. That, that's how old I am. And I was looking at what am I going to study in college that nobody, there were no personal trainers. I mean, you had maybe Sylvester Stallone or Madonna or Cher, you saw that in the news, but it wasn't a realistic or attainable goal. And it wasn't until about seven or eight years later when I started working part-time at a gym and I saw other personal trainers, I was working the front desk at a free membership, right? I, I was doing something else in politics. All of a sudden I'm like, wait, you can make a living doing this. And then all of a sudden got involved in education. So you mentioned you have a CSCS. And what exactly, what is that credential and what's that, what did it mean to you when you achieved that? Um, so certified strength and conditioning specialist, right? I almost don't, I almost forget what it means sometimes. Um, for me, it was, it was interesting because um, I had, um, I got it very, very early in my, my men's health career, partly because um, you need it to be able to, to really, you know, it's like I can be an editor or writer and I can pretend I know fitness, right? Um, and you can train people. And even if you train people, I believe you can kind of pretend, you know, fitness. Right. Um, but you know, like kind of having a certification behind your name, I think adds a little bit of, um, validity to kind of what you're speaking on. And it also forces, it's crazy. Cause I actually enjoyed, um, from what I've heard, the CSCS exam is supposed to be very challenging. Right. Um, it's supposed to be pretty intense to study for, et cetera. Um, I actually had weird fun studying for it because a lot <laughs> of, um, I used to read, it's one of the big, biggest things that I was told when I was, I think 21 years old, um, I'm going to the gym, trying to get jacked because that's what everybody's doing, right? Um, trying to get jacked, I'm bench pressing like four days a week and doing all these things that, that again, like don't do the workout you did in high school because it was wrong, right? Um, trying to do all these things. And I remember somebody told, and I remember reading, like I was getting all my workouts from bodybuilding magazines, you know, from muscle and fitness and from men's health, um, which are great magazines, by the way, obviously men's health is terrific. <laughs> um, but I remember, um, I was like, why am I not getting jacked? I did the, I did the workout. I, I remember asking this, this older guy, why am I not getting jacked? I did the workout from muscle and fitness or from men's health that said I'm supposed to get jacked, but I swear I did it for 30 days. Nothing happened, you know? And the guy told me, He's like, the biggest thing you can do, okay, the biggest lesson you can learn now is um, to not read, not get your workouts from magazines, but study studies, okay? Mm -hmm. Study, kinesi like crack open a kinesiology textbook, um, learn biomechanics, okay? 
learn the science of fitness, okay, not the end product. Now, one thing I've done in men's health is I've tried to make, I've tried to science this up a little bit, um, make us a lot more fundamental, um, tweak some of the ways we sell things so that it's a little bit more, um, so that, because I don't want kid, I don't want another kid who's like me to kind of have that experience. I want to ground people in strong fitness and what they need a little bit better, right? But um, that's kind of a general thing, so. Well, if I can, if I can cut in and say that, that's one of the things I've seen over yeah. the years of how the magazine has evolved is yeah. coming from a personal trainer. That was my, my full-time job for a number of years. I would yeah. go to perform better and take workshops with guys like Mike Boyle and Juan mm-hmm. Carlos and Dan John, all the guys you feature in your magazine. And, and so I, I want to, you know, for listeners, one of the reasons why I like men's health and one of the reasons why I want to, to meet you and, and have you on the podcast is to talk about the validity because you guys a lot of the people you feature in your magazine are also out there speaking fitness education. They're teaching workshops. They're at the big conferences like the NSCA and like perform better. So they're not just, they're not just making stuff up. They're out there testing it and, and they can prove that. And I also, you know, cause kind of the same experience when I got into the industry, I was getting a lot of stuff from magazines. And then I, I met Juan Carlos way back in uh, 2000, the year 2000. And he put me through one of his dumbbell matrices and that kicked, kicked my butt. And it, it taught me, but it taught me to think differently about fitness. What have you, who's been your biggest influence when you, as you've gone into this and, and again, you have access to so many cool people yeah. and so many people who are leaders in our, in our industry, who's been your, who have been your big influences? Yeah, it's interesting. I think, I think the two, just, I want to go back to one thing real quick. And I think that's the big thing, what we try to do at the magazine now, what I've tried to do is kind of marry I think before, like if you just have like a fitness writer or just an editor, right? They can't kind of sort through like the BS and fitness, you know, the dumb things that on Instagram or it's really, and it's really easy to nowadays to go like, if you're not grounded in fitness, right. To, um, to kind of follow on, Oh, this looks really freaking cool. So let's put it in the magazine. Right. Um, I think what the CSCS kind of allows me to do or forces me to do, because I take it as kind of a responsibility is to kind of it grounds me. So that allows me to kind of ground the magazine in something. Um, and keep it fundamental. And my, I'd say my biggest influences are um, just growing, again, going back, like growing up and kind of what I consumed and stuff like that. Um, my biggest influences have always been kind of, um, I feel like science-based a little bit, smart guys, right? Um, I think fitness needs to be smart as opposed to just like glamorous and crazy. I think there's a balance because th- it's weird. The cool thing is I think the glamorous and crazy has like a, a place, right? Because we got to get people in um, somehow you know, and they don't just want to see like a regular pushup. They want to see something interesting and they don't, you know, they've been doing pushups since they were in, what is it like the sixth grade, you know, sixth grade and you have to do 50 of them. Right. Um, and they don't want to do that anymore. So they want to see something different. So we've got to show them something different. So that's kind of the cool part of the magazine. It's like balancing the trend and the fundamental. And I'd say the guys who influenced me are guys who, um, and the guys I looked up to are guys who balance the trend and fundamental, but they always stick to strong fundamentals. Um, Jeff Cavalier, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Um, he is, he's aptly next. He's one of the original kind of like YouTube guys, but he's, um, he used to be the, uh, the Mets, um, I think athletic trainer. Um, he's a CSCS. Um, and he, he's a guy who tries to give out very smart, you know, kind of ideas on fitness on YouTube. You know, he's in, he's been somebody who I kind of, because again, I think it's about, he understands the fundamentals, but he knows how to make them, um, appealing, but not move away from them to the point where it's, it's just fuzzy kind of cotton candy fitness that isn't going to get anybody anywhere. So he's, he's somebody who's being a big influence on me. Um, 
Don Saladino, somebody who I talk to a lot. He's a guy who I've just learned a lot to. Again, it's about, it's about, I feel like I have my ideas on fitness on kind of how I want to present it, but it's like, these guys have kind of been able to teach me just how to, um, how to kind of get the message out there a little bit and also kind of, again, keep it grounded because again, Don Saladino is a fundamental guy, you know, he's going to program like five by five on the bench press every time, you know, and and focus on building strength as opposed to, Oh, you need um, this kind of crazy looking move. So um, I'd say those are two. It's bad that I can't think of anybody else. I'm sure there are more. Well, if I can cut in for a second, because I've had the opportunity to talk to Don a couple of times and I really yeah. like his approach. You know, it's one of those things of, you know, and, and as a spokesperson for, I've been a spokesperson for the American Council on Exercise for years. I've done a lot of media interviews for them. And I just want to give you props for, for getting a CSCS because you can always tell, I have to tell you, sometimes I get interviewed by a writer and I'm like, oh man, well, you don't even know what you're asking. I'm like, you got to kind of like spoon feed them stuff. And then there are a few writers I work with who've earned a certification or they've gotten a CSCS. And you're like, okay, now we can really have a talk. We can talk details and go into the details. But I get these, I get PR things um, for the podcast, you know, Ebenezer, where they're like, hey, talk to this person, talk to that person. I'm like, nah, not interested. And I have to admit, and after I told him this when we spoke, when I saw this thing for Don about being a quote celebrity trainer, I kind of rolled my eyes at that term, right? Because just because you you train celebrities doesn't mean you know more than the average person. But then in speaking with Don, he really he he does it right. And the fact that he works with, uh, who's the physical therapist that he works with? Um, Charlie Weingroff. What's that? Yeah, uh, Charlie Weingroff. The fact that he worked with Charlie, as soon as I heard that, I'm like, oh, okay. Because I knew Charlie, I don't know Charlie personally, but I knew Charlie wouldn't have worked with, wouldn't be working with him if he wasn't 100% legit. So it's kind of funny how the industry works like that. Now, to kind of shift gears a moment, you, you mentioned earlier, you think garage gyms are going to be big going into 2021. What are the trends do you think we're going to be seeing? I mean, obviously... COVID has really adjusted the way we've done fitness, but what are the trends you think we'll be seeing going into the new year? Um, it's interesting. Cause I think, I think one, the garage gym trend, the garage gym trend is going to be um, the big one. Right. And it's just because people like, I think we're at a point where at a point, all of us, where we don't really know what's coming next. Um, and if you're kind of serious about your fitness, um, you have to, you have to kind of find ways to, uh, to embrace that. The other thing I think, and I think we've seen it a little bit this year, is just this idea and it's kind of nuts to actually be be doing it but i think we're gonna all have to get comfortable um and this goes whether you're a trainer in a in a gym or whether you're a trainer who's kind of just going off and doing your own your own thing um we're all gonna have to get comfortable with two ideas one it's gonna be um the trainer who trains people out of their garage gym right Mm -hmm. um because and on some level we have to kind of we all, it's almost, we're going to have to almost find a way to have, create some standards there, right? That way um, people know that there's some safety um, mm-hmm. from what's coming from COVID. Um, but it's, you know, I don't think, I think the days of, of trainers kind of renting out space in the gym or the days of trainers working from a gym are, um, they're going to continue in some places, but it's just, it's, that's not going to be the, the baseline right now. I think people want something safe. And if you can keep, if you can train somebody at home and have them come there, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. And the other thing I think we're going to see a lot more of is the way gyms are going to counter a lot of this when they get their chances to open one, they're going to have to make the most of it. Um, and two, they're going to need to, you know, they need to find a way to, even if they're not open, 
right? Create some kind of income. And I think what they're going to be, and just create some kind of flow of, of um, retaining their base, right? And I think what you're going to see is a lot of those gyms are going to continue um, with two ideas. One is going to be, I think we're going to see their training. We're going to have trainers who it's like, okay, I'm, I'm training you on the floor today and I'm going to train you over Zoom over the next three days of the week. Um, and I think too, you're going to see gyms trying to offer up a lot of extra benefits, right? In terms of um, if you come to our gym, it used to be enough. I'm going to walk into a gym. I'm going to pay for my membership, right? Um, and I get to use all this equipment. Okay, that's not going to be enough anymore because people have are going to realize that they that you know we need stuff. They need stuff at home, and they need to kind of get more benefits. So gyms are going to have to offer nutrition plans, offer some kind of um, regular online workout that you can get when you're on the road or something like that. But they're going to have to offer these extra benefits to people to get to get them coming back to the gym. I think those are the two big realities of 2021. Well, it's kind of funny. I could feel like you maybe hacked my computer because I turned in a piece last week, uh, again, for the American Council on Exercise, trying to look ahead. And the argument I made, Ebenezer, was the fact that gyms are almost becoming irrelevant for fitness professionals. I mean, you've kind of already alluded a little bit to Instagram and to YouTube, but between Instagram, YouTube, video conferencing, a personal trainer doesn't need to be working in a physical location anymore. They just, they need to be, they need to be good at marketing they need to be have good knowledge in how to position themselves. But in reality, somebody could run their whole training business from the comfort of their home or from their garage. So I totally agree with you that that that, that is going to be a big shift. And and you're right, because companies are going to have to adjust, you know, health clubs are going to have to adjust for the streaming. I mean, I have I know you, you've worked with Whoop a little bit and I have a, an Apple Watch here. Um, I had a little test drive on Apple Fitness Plus and they're like that's that's they're doing great things. There's a lot of people coming out with some really cool online programs that are really going to be competing for gyms. But I, I do feel personally that, that at the end of the day, people are going to want to have that social interaction. How, how important do you think that social um, component is, especially since you've been around New York? And I know in Manhattan, there's a large, a large trunk of the social scene. Do you think that people will come back for the health clubs once we get through this COVID wave? Do you think that people will come back for this social aspect? It's, it's weird. I, I think... It's weird. So it's interesting. I think if you if you if you were super serious about training, right, um, you won't, right? Like I I won't, like the people who really if 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 you really want to, and this is kind of like um, I guess me being as realistic as possible, okay, and being as honest as possible, right? If you really want muscle, right, um, then you found a way to. I think it's interesting. I think the entire pandemic was about, from a training perspective, was about find a way, right? Find some equipment, right. Um, you know, you know, you need to get a workout in. Okay, you know that um, your um, the twenty minute um, body weight zoom workout is not getting it done. Okay, so find something lift heavy load. Okay, that's how you build muscle. So if you're serious about it, you found a way to do it. If you're serious about it, you like it's never been about community for me. Okay, mm. it's not about community for Don Saladino, right? It's not about community for guys. It's not about community for guys who really want to get strong, right? Um, however, that's not like if you like 60 to 70% of the, of the, of, of people who are going to these boutique fitness places, it is about community. Right. And so I think at the question, I, I just, I wonder how, um, how serious those people really take it, you know? Um, and I wonder if they'll, if they're going to get their dose of kind of community and social interaction in a different way. Um, so it's hard for me to, 
I don't, so I don't know how aggressively they're going to come back at the initial. I really think it's going to be about gyms offering them um, really cool community ideas, right? Something to entice them. Um, but I don't think um, at a baseline going to your CrossFit gym for community, right? But then you have to, um, you have to, you have to make sure you stand in your box and you have your mask on and you're sanitized and this and that and the other thing. I kind of think on some level, those two ideas might offset and, um, and we're, we're still going to have less people kind of coming to that community than we think. I, you know, I agree. And, and I think it's interesting though, and, and we'll wrap up here in a moment, because I think it's interesting. It's always, you got to kind of set your goal. And I do think to your point, I do think there are, there are a good percentage of people that maybe go to the gym exercise. Yeah. But they go there just to, you know, rather than go to a bar after work, they'd rather go take a class or go whatever. And, and I feel that as far as, as long as they're, as long as they're honest with themselves and saying, Hey, my goal is half social and half exercise. They might, they just need to be realistic with their intentions and their goals. Whereas somebody that might be after strength gains or might be after physique gains needs to put that first as a priority. Like, you know, when you say with Don, Don works with people who are going to be on screen and getting paid a lot of money to be on screen. So they obviously have a much different, different goal. So I, I totally agree with that. It's just is setting your goal, then finding your training based on that. Now, to wrap up, the final question I have is I heard your interview on Whoop, um, on the Whoop podcast, and I that's it was a great, great insight into that. What technology, what technology have you seen? Because I would imagine as uh, as fitness director for Men's Health, you probably get access or exposed to a lot of different cool trends, tools, apps, watches, whatever. What technology has caught your eye, and what do you think? What technology do you think? we might see going forward in the next year or two. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I, I think most of the most of the technology and I always have a tough time um, with this question and kind of also with thinking through it from a fitness standpoint, because most of the technology I feel like filters down from performance training. Right. Mm -hmm. And and then it's marketed to the average user and 95% of people like don't like, you know, that's not kind of where I would necessarily want to um, say they need to be right i think that but i think there is there definitely is some cool tech coming um and there's some cool tech available and what i'm really hoping is that it can that tech can get into the hands of some really good trainers first so we can kind of program some more stuff for it because there's there are really cool ideas out there that need more um more trainers to kind of uh kind of get on board and make it um useful for the general public i would say the three coolest things for me um, one, I mean, I still think whoop is great. I think, um, I think the more data we have, the better, and it, it does such a good job of kind of delivering data, um, kind of just showing you kind of how your body is performing. I think another thing we're going to see is going to be this continuous glucose monitor idea, monitoring, um, through levels. That's going to be another kind of tracking that I think we're going to see a lot of, um, it's definitely a little bit different because um you don't it's not kind of um something where you subscribe in perpetuity but it's kind of like you take like a month you get to learn about what your diet is doing to your glucose levels and how that can can um can influence influence things and influence your performance influence how you feel and then you kind of go from there but i think cgm is going to be big um and the last thing um i've been playing with a lot is um is the tonal which has been around for um two or three years um, again, I needed a cable machine in my garage. And for me, this is this has been a really, really good cable machine. Um, there's a lot of tech buried in there that can do some cool things that I'd love to see more trainers kind of take advantage um, or just love to see more um, 
I'd love to see more gyms be able to take more advantage of because there, there are things that you can, um, that you can program into there where you can, and it's stuff where I think the, um, the trainers working on tonal need to catch up and, and play around more with the tech and understand this possibilities. Cause you can do say like, um, like a heavy, um, let's just take like a, like a, like a curl. Cause it's, I mean, cable machines work great for isolation things. You can take like a, like a heavy curl into a series of eccentric rep curls because um, the tonal can swiftly switch resistance like that. And then you can finish with like an ISO hold. You can do a lot of cool ideas on there that um, I think can really push um, push some of what we're doing in our at-home workouts to the next level. So that's the other thing I'd say. And just to, just for listeners, tonal is a, it's a cable-based machine, but it's like electronic resistance, if I remember. Yeah, I believe it's magnetic. Is it magnetic? Okay. Um, yeah, they reached out to me at one point, uh, just about being a sponsor for the podcast, but I do a lot of work for Nautilus and we just, I just wrote an education program for Nautilus as a whole line of cable based machines. And I just wrote that and I, I didn't want to piss anybody off at Nautilus <laughs> by, by accepting a sponsorship from Tono. I got to kind of, I got to kind of stay consistent, consistent with that. So what programs does men, men's health have coming out? Cause I know you developed one or two things with them just from reading the magazine, and I'm sure you guys have been looking at solutions for how you can help your readers stay fit during this. What part did you, does men's health have any programs coming out that, that we should keep our eyes open for? Um, yeah. I mean, so we've been doing, we've actually been, um, we've been trying to go all in. This is fun. I'm going to use a lot of all in the next couple of sentences. We've been going all in on um, all out studio. So that's our, um, it's kind of a Hearst wide app. So that's something, there's some programs from men's health in there, women's health prevention, um, runner's world. Um, I actually have a program on there that's kind of arm based and a lot of the stuff we do on there, we've really been trying to cater to um, the home situation, right? Mm -hmm. So we try to make sure there's only one piece of equipment. Um, that way it's like all dumbbell workouts or all kettlebell workouts. That way, if you have minimal equipment, you can get a good workout in. Um, one thing I've really tried to do on there, again, I hate the idea that a home workout just winds up being, hey, let's sweat for like 20 minutes, but there's not any real direction. So we've tried to kind of, the one thing I've tried to do both in my program on there, which is all out arms and in directing some of the other programs we have is make sure that there is some kind of loading component in there. That way people can get stronger and can understand one, um, just how the progressive overload and two, like some that I think we get caught up in oh, progressive overload means I have to go heavier, everything, but um, that there are some other ways you can kind of create challenge for your body and create challenge for your muscles um, aside from just um, going heavier if you can't go heavy. So that's one thing we're doing. Um, we've also kind of, next year we'll be beefing up um, our monthly workouts in the magazine, trying to show some different principles in there. And again, it's tricky because, um, or it's challenging because what we want to do is create options for people where they can challenge themselves and load and hit all the positions they need to do um and also have some fun but we've got a couple of things coming uh coming next year for that um and we've got a very big um future fitness package coming up um in one of our upcoming issues so yes yeah, so we've got a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline it's going to be a fun year cool that's awesome man well hey Ed, I, I really appreciate your time and you mentioned that you uh you do an instagram and, and i've been following your instagram feed for a while and you got some good content on there how can people track you down on instagram um, yeah, just at Ebenezer Samuel 23. Um, I try to get, um, I try to get a couple workouts up every week, um, aim for like a pull, a push and the legs workout. Um, it doesn't always work out that way, but, um, yeah, <laughs> you can find hey, as long as you have that attempt. Well, Ebe, man, I really appreciate your time and, uh, I look forward to staying in touch with you 2021 and beyond. Definitely. Have a good one, man. Now I want to say a big thank you to Eb and you calling him Eb for short. I, 
we hadn't met before, but I have a few colleagues that have, have done a lot of work with men's health. I, you know, previous guests of All About Fitness, like Don Saladino, David Jack, uh, Mike Piercy, have all done various programs and worked with men's health at some aspect or some function. So I do feel that I have some connections. And then again, some of my mentors, previous guests like Mike Boyle, Juan Carlos Santana, some of the leading educators in the fitness industry are regular, I don't want to say contributors, but they're, they're, they're referred to as regular experts by men's health. So I really do think men's health does things right. Now, one of the things you heard Eb kind of refer to a little bit was the idea of a push day, a horizontal push day or a hinge day. That's because good coaches, good trainers, no longer talk about an arm day or a chest day or a back day or a leg day. Good coaches and good trainers think about movement patterns because when we, create, when we do, number one, our body is made to move. Number two, when we do a movement pattern, we're using multiple muscles at the same time. So a horizontal push is pretty much a chest press, but you're thinking about it holistically about using a number of muscles at once, not just the chest muscles. A pull, you're using more than just the back muscles, but it really is just a step further. That's an example. Thinking about exercise programs as a function of movement is an example of what, what Ebenezer re was referring to about taking that enlightened thinking. If you talk to any good strength coach, any good trainer who really knows what they're doing, that's the type of program you're going to get. You're not going to get legs on one day. Well, you might get a hinge day. You might get a lunge day. You might get a squat day, but they're not going to isolate it in terms of muscle groups. They're going to focus on muscle actions or movement patterns that our body is designed to do. If you want to learn a little bit more about that, my ebook, Functional Core Training, there's a link down below in the show notes. My ebook is only $7 and goes into what you need to know to design movement-based programs. I go through six stages of program design that can not only help you get stronger, but move more efficiently. There's another ask for you. Again, if you want to get content for free, go to my website, PeteMcCallFitness.com. Hey, and check out the podcast YouTube channel. I have the All About Fitness podcast on YouTube. Not only can you hear these, not only can you hear these interviews via audio platforms, but I'm now posting these interviews live on YouTube as well because I'm finding that that's a great place to interact with people. Now, if you have any questions for fitness, if there's anything that you want me to answer in an upcoming quick fit tip or any guests you think I should have on the podcast, please reach out to me, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. I want this podcast to be your resource for fitness information. Hey, and as always, thank you for stopping by. And I certainly do look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.